All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Systems Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Cromfly. I have with me another very special guest today, someone that I have, I've read his books. I have listened and watched a lot of his webinars and had the opportunity to meet in person and chat for a while. Um, I'm a constant user of the products he's developed, and I'm super, super excited to be talking with him today. It is the great Andrew Pollock. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks, Noah. And it's quite the uh, introduction, so I appreciate all those kind words. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it great spending some time with you in uh, Nashville and mm-hmm. happy to be here, man. Yeah, dude, I really appreciate it. From the jump, I really just wanted to say, I mean, thank you, really. Like, it's been a pleasure to to get to know you, to to interact with you, to interact with your team. That uh, experience that, you know, getting to, to talk with you in Nashville, like when we finished up, I raced back to my hotel room and was just trying to like scribble and, and journal and try to put down some of the, some of the wisdom, some of the advice that I got from you just talking that night. So yeah, again, just wanted to say thank you. Yeah, man. I, well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I, when I see someone I think is special, it's, uh, it's kind of fun to talk to him because it's like, oh man, like this person has a lot of potential and is doing a lot of cool things. He's young. It's so, I don't know. It's, it's fun to talk to you because you're the kind of guy I can see doing things and, uh, there's a little bit of like, I don't know, similarities that I can see in us. And it's like, dude, this guy's going to be something big. So cool. Oh, happy wow. if anything I offered was of, of you know value in any way. Cool, man. I, I appreciate it. And I enjoyed it uh, oh, as man. well. I appreciate the words. Yeah, seriously. One of those funny because when we were talking that night, like we had some similarities in just like our almost like journey and entrepreneurship, even though obviously you're, you know, much more advanced and farther along than I am. But yeah, it was cool just to like have some of the conclusions or just like some of the things that I have you know, tried to derive from my own journey and like bounce it off of you and be like, oh, okay, like I'm moving in some sort of the right direction. So yeah, that was super comforting as well. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like validation of, okay, cool. So I am thinking about this maybe in a way that somebody else drew the same conclusion around the same kind of challenges and okay, cool. It just helps, helps you kind of, uh, you have confidence maybe in in decisions and, and kind of uh, directions that, that you're going. So yeah, man, absolutely. I know, I know that exact feeling, um, (laughs) Fantastic. Cool, man. I mean, the, the way that I like to start some of these podcasts, and it's because it's interesting, I always like to ask sort of, because I have trouble sometimes answering it for myself, and I'd be curious to hear what your answer is. But like when someone asks you what you do, like what's your what's your answer to that? Like what's kind of your official title, I guess, almost what you would say? What do I do? Uh, well, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's that question. It's such that's a like, simple question, but you it's like, should have, you should be right? able to answer it perfectly in the same exactly. way every single time. hundred percent. I guess it does uh, depend on like the audience sometimes, right? Like some, their like own, you know, how like advanced they are, how much they know about like digital marketing, maybe in, in general, but yeah, I mean, it's always like, a, it's a, it's a difficult question that I, I find answering. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, we, we've developed a platform with the goal of helping primarily our, our main client type, which is mortgage originators, Yep. Helping, helping them create more opportunities to grow their business. And there's mm-hmm. so many different ways you can do it. And in fact, we recently, uh, I don't want to go down this path necessarily right away, but, but it, there's even a reason we, we recently did a rebrand and a company name change because previously when I answered that question, and, and people ask, you know, company name, it, it put me in a bucket where it's like, oh, there's so much more to opportunity creation and helping people grow their business, yep. create new opportunities, make more money. Really, right. that's what it comes down to. Like, that's my my value proposition. What I hope to do is help people make more money. Yes. In the mortgage business, how do you make more money? You close more loans. How do you close more loans? Well, I could tell you, you know, talk about that for days, but <laughs> a lot of different ways to do it. And that is the focus of our company. We've created software. It's the platform. There's coaching. There's services that we provide to help our mortgage clients. And there's some new verticals that we're interested in, but it all connects right back to mortgage and, and housing. 
Um, but really right now our client base is primarily mortgage and our mm-hmm. goal is to help you make more money, close more loans, be more successful, do the things in life you want to do. And yes, a lot of people always come back to all oh, well, money isn't everything. I get it. Absolutely. It is not, but it allows you to do things that, you know, you can't do without it. And, uh, you need money to, to unlock some of those opportunities. So, you know, end of day, that's what we hope to achieve. I love it. And you know, what's funny. I mean, like, again, this podcast being systems of wealth and being about money and just increasing like that in your own life. I've always found that money really is just like that output of doing things, doing the right things, right? Like that's just sort of the, you know, the, the lag indicator of like, what are the inputs that you're doing that lets you have that output? And it's just like playing the game better. Like when you're earning more money, it means you're just playing this all better. And I was reading and going through some of the, like your note about the rebrand and talking about the term that you're using was like market marketing revenue optimization, which like, that's it. That's dialed right there. I love, I love that so much. Yeah. It's, it's a mouthful. (laughs) <laughs> it's, 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 it encapsulates a lot, right? It's right. like it, optimizing and, and maximizing what you're putting out there every step of the way from the money you invest to how you bring in opportunities, how you treat it, like all these things that we can kind of put into this larger kind of spectrum of, of where we focus as a company. Cause there's so many different ways we can offer solutions and everybody's different. So it's not the same. You can't prescribe the same thing to everybody. There's some foundational things that are like just across the board. You've got to be doing this. If you're in this world of doing mortgage or insurance or real estate, some of these similarities across these different verticals, no matter what these things matter, but how you do it, how you get there, what's applicable to you, what isn't, what's maybe low hanging fruit in some situations because you're already doing some stuff that's right there versus I've never even done a video before, like totally different conversations, right? So you just got to uh, assess and do some discovery and figure out like what makes somebody tick and yes. what are they good at? What are they not? What are they trying to achieve and come up with a, with a plan that, that you can, you know, customize based on, on um, the unique needs of individuals and, and in some cases companies and organizations that we work with. So um, yeah, so we, we really wanted to go, go broader with the messaging and our, our, you know, our approach to how we look at what we're trying to assault, you know, in the I past, it was it. very lead focused and leads yep. are important, but you know, right. you get put into a bucket. I just did not want to be in any yeah, longer with, totally. with the conversation around leads. So that was yes. important to us. So yeah, they matter, but that's not everything. And it shouldn't be the beginning of the conversation. And it's definitely not the end of the conversation when it comes to how do I get more clients? Like leads are one, one part of it. But if I give yeah. the wrong person, the wrong leads, they don't know how to handle them. <laughs> that there's a problem there. It, it, it all fall. It's a Jenga tower. And the whole thing falls apart. If you don't have the right systems and processes and understanding of like, what do you do with those? How do you treat them? Right. And all that, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like with, you know, obviously you and I are both super, um, you know, close with Scott with find my way home and we've stopped using yeah. the term leads in find my way home. Cause we talk about trying to help people like create more introductions or more opportunities or more conversations. We just stopped using that term leads. Cause it just, it's not what we're trying to do either. Right. Like that's just not what it is. And I want to circle back and come back to what you're doing now with rebel IQ and with lead pops now, and just pick your brain on that a little bit. But I think it'd be fun to just kind of set the stage or just talk about sort of like your journey up into now you, you know, where you're operating at. And I'd love to, I know we got to talk about a little bit in Nashville, but I want to go back and just explore a little bit, like where, where did your entrepreneurial spirit come from and kind of what was like, what was the first business that you started? What was like the path to now, you know, operating that way you were at with, you know, with, with lead pops and and beyond. Yeah. So, so I'll take you way back to like the first thing I ever did that I think got got this little bug inside of me as a kid. Yeah. I was selling golf balls, lived on a golf course. All right. Had a decent upbringing as Is a that kid. Is here in California? Yeah. 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 
So I uh, had a house on a golf course and I would, I was seven years old, I'd jump the fence and I'd go collecting as many <laughs> golf balls as I could and on all the hills and all the, in the brush and I'd go clean them up, make them all shiny and nice. And then I'd go back onto the golf course with my bucket and I'd start yelling my pitch. And it was golf balls, golf balls for sale, two for a dollar. And I'd yell at it full as loud as I could do it. And I so still bad. have the exact same way I did it in my head. It's forever like etched <laughs> in my brain. And, uh, it was one of those, it took so much courage as a freaking seven. Sorry. I got to, no, gotta you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. As a seven year old to yell at these golfers and try to time it to like, it's before they hit or after, and someone would scream at me to get the hell off the course. Cause they would, you know, they hit it into the freaking <laughs> trees. Doing. Yeah. Right. And then it's my fault, of course. Cause you know, they're going to blame the kid trying to sell golf balls for their crappy hit. But uh, it, I remember the feeling of, of like the, and I used to do it and I, I had a friend that we'd, I'd go with um, as well. She would help me collect the golf balls. She's a little bit older than me. Uh, I was my only friend in the neighborhood and we'd go collect the balls together. She'd clean them, but she couldn't, she would not yell. And I got so like <laughs> frustrated that she wouldn't pitch and she wouldn't do it. She never did it. Never one time. And we did it for, I'd, I think it was at least a year of, of this being like a little adventure that we had. Yeah. She would never pitch and it frustrated me. And I would always like, someone has to do it. And did I didn't she have a reason to... why was she like afraid, it, but she just didn't want to scared, kind of scared to yeah. just sit there and yell at some people. Cause they yelled at you. We got, yell I would say we got yelled at back at to get off the court. Probably half the time. Like people <laughs> were pissed off. So that, I mean, that happened. And uh, one day I, I sold a, my whole bucket of, of no golf balls. Way. A All guy right. came by. And he was the manager of the course and he had a little twinkle in his eye because he saw this kid selling golf balls. And you could just tell it was one of those things that he was like impressed by this whole concept of this seven-year-old with a bucket of balls yelling at golfers trying to sell them. <laughs> he like went through all the balls, found a couple titleists, and he's like, I'll just take the whole thing off you for 40 bucks. All right. And as a seven-year-old, dude, I made 40 bucks that day. Mm -hmm. That was freaking, I was rich, dude. Yes. I was, I was loaded. That was like, holy <laughs> dude, I just struck it like. Who knows what minimum wage was back then? I was, was 1992, man. I must <laughs> like, so I must have crushed it with now my. Now you're balling. I, literally, I was balling. So uh, that that was that was it. You know, my dad was an entrepreneur. He started a business, moved here from Poland, worked his ass All off. Right. He was up at four in the morning. Nice. Didn't see a lot of him growing up. He, yeah. His life was provide trying to provide for his family, and he dedicated himself to that. So. I got, I got a, a ch chance to see two sides of it. It was the work ethic that uh, it, that, that instilled that in me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm up at 4am and yeah. I'm in here before five and mm -hmm. I, I work as much as I can before I go home. Right. And I also saw the side of, you didn't see your dad. He wasn't really there very much and I don't hold that mm -hmm. against him, but it made a lasting impression for me to not, not be that way with my kids and my family. It was yeah, like so for sure. for me to like, and I struggle with it. There's no, no doubt that I'm not at all perfect with it. And of course. You know, but it's this whole thing of I'm already in here from, you know, four or something till five in the afternoon. The girls are sleeping at like 730. So I get right. home at five. I see them for two hours. They're yeah. already kind of tired. They're four and two years old. So right. I get two hours with them. So it's important to spend that time with them. Try to be there for them, not go home and stare at my computer because I could I love what I do. Like I could be in here until freaking midnight and right. sleep here and do all this all day long. It's just like my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, I can see the gleam. Like it's just you talking about it a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's so just, cool. It's I love it. It's out of control. So but love it. <laughs> so it's that and it's 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 important, you know, it's important to be there for my kids, my wife, you know, all that it matters a lot to me. So I'm not Absolutely. perfect. I gotta just know quit staring at your phone, dude. Your girl wants to play this little game with this stupid little toy she's got and just, right looking at you with these eyes and you mean so much to her. So it's just, you just got to figure out how to turn that shit off. So I of try to be as productive as I can between my 12, 12 hours of freaking nonstop grind. Right. Sometimes I look back at my day and I'm like, how did what you happened? 
I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with it because I do so much, but I got to turn it off and then I got to sleep because if I don't sleep, I'm not going to have, you know, so I'm in bed by like eight thirty nine o'clock. Nice. I love it. I, I got to be right. So of course. it's that balance, but that was it. That started this, this, I think bug that I got early on and, uh, turned into something I really wanted to do when uh, I realized I didn't want to go to school growing up and, uh, college was not for me. And, uh, so, when was that realization? When you were like, school just isn't for me. When was that realization? Uh, on, uh man, I'll, we'll get into some other like junior high. Probably. I really yeah. didn't like it. Didn't care for it. I was, you know, I, I grew up playing piano, like started playing when I was six, mm-hmm. quickly got really good at it to the yeah. point where my parents went berserk. Honestly, they'd like, <laughs> All of a sudden, like they're living their dreams through me, and now I'm going to <laughs> Juilliard. I'm going to freaking no be way. a concert pianist. No, this Dude. is their, this is their whole thing. Like this right. is what they're oh right their their dream. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. But I was I, I'll say I mean I got I was pretty good at this thing, but and yeah. I liked it at first. I wanted to hear like Chopin or Beethoven on a, like, on a CD and hear a song, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I want to learn it, and I could play it, and I got lessons, and it was like. All of a sudden, I'm playing the piano literally two, three hours a day, every single day. I'm wow. nine years old, taking music lessons, composition lessons, theory classes. My life, dude, it wiped out my whole life in that way for me. Like as a child, it was way too much. It burned wow. me out. It made me bitter. It made me wow. mad. Even at that like early age, you were having like that that type of experience. Well, because it was like, dude, I'm a kid. I want to go play. I want to go yeah, right. play football. It's going to be in the NFL. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not allowed to play anything because my fingers, you can't uh, catch yeah, a football. Yeah, your fingers crazy. are going to break. Your, right. your fingers are worth millions of dollars. You're going to be at Juilliard. Goodness. That bullshit. So it was yes. like, they wanted the best for me and I love them to death for you know the opportunities they created, but it was, it was too much. So of course, in junior high, I started, the wheels started falling off for me. It was like too much, like discipline too much authority too much everyone's telling me what to do i can't Mm. do anything that i want so all of a sudden a mischievous like elementary school kid the mischief started to get a little bit more serious in junior high and then by high school man i i I literally i got kicked out of three different high schools dropped out my junior year so i was a high school dropout i'm on path to like this kid's going to prison he's going to be in jail he's going to be a loser for life is what like teachers were like Wow. The, the most disappointing thing you could imagine to my parents ever from this thing they thought was this like miracle prodigy boy to high school dropout, getting arrested, kicked out of schools, all the crap that like I brought upon myself. Like I was right. just a punk kid. Yeah, I was angry. I didn't want authority. And it was, uh, I was going down a pretty bad path. So it was, you know, I, I realized I didn't want to go to college. I, after I dropped out, I got my GED and, okay. uh, I found myself right back into like a community college. They gave yeah. me a test. They put me in. I passed that test with flying colors. And then all of a sudden I'm in junior college in a classroom full of all the same freaking. <laughs> and I was same like, environment. Oh, hell no. So I yeah, dropped right. out of that. I was like, okay. I hate this. I, yeah. So uh, at that point, my parents were like, I was working at Blockbuster Video. Parents were like, yep. this is going to be your life. And I hated <laughs> Blockbuster because you can imagine Blockbuster was pretty bad. <laughs> Uh, and my dad was like, dude, the only thing you can do if you don't get educated, because my parents were super educated, he yeah. said, get into sales. He's like, that's your only chance to not live a life of Blockbuster mm-hmm. video. You want to maybe be a manager at Blockbuster in four years or six years, because that's your path for like a career or get into sales, get good at it. And, you know, for all the advice that I ignored and I thought I knew better and I was a little smart ass as a kid for whatever reason. <laughs> I latched onto that and I believed that and I took it serious. I was like, all right, sales, huh? What the hell's that? I sold golf balls. That was, yep. Crazy. I was just going to say, yeah, you had that. Like, okay. Selling <laughs> golf balls. I remember that. I was pretty good right. at that. Yeah. At Blockbuster, I out, I had to sell people on some 
like buy a movie and get three free and get a thing of candy. I killed it every time Dude, for that. It wasn't great. worth anything. So I was like, okay, I could probably do that. So I looked for a sales job and uh, I landed one not long after that. And uh, it was selling websites to real estate agents in 2004. All right. So it was, uh, you can say I, I never really freaking left it. It's 2023 <laughs> yeah. and here I am. <laughs> I work more more with mortgage people, but it's, you know, I, I got, uh, I got the bug and, uh, I got into sales early and, uh, that's, that changed my life. It took a while. My twenties were a bit of a shit show, to be honest with you, for the Mm -hmm. first good chunk of it, of getting over my, like the younger years and getting all that crap out of my system and this way of thinking and just being like a punk and all that kind of stuff. A lot of bad decisions I made as a kid. I still, it took a little bit to shake it off. It wasn't like, oh, I got into sales and I became this awesome, like, no, I, I, I struggled a lot with other personal things in life, but yeah. uh, I met also my wife uh, when I was 20, who I, I went to high school with her and mm-hmm. uh, I was in love with her in high school. I, I remember telling <laughs> one of the guys, I was like, I'm going to marry that girl one day. <laughs> I love it. I got kicked out of that high school. So I, I thought I'd never, <laughs> I'd never see her again. And uh, I thought I'd never see her again. And I ran into her when I was 20 and I, we'd never, we've not left each other since. So it was yeah. pretty cool. And she's been it's honestly great. for me. She she was there for me and she watched me go from this freaking still somewhat rough around the edges kind of guy <laughs> who's got potential and she for whatever reason saw something there and stuck with me and has been like she's my she's my rock so I had that that if you don't have that like it's it's hard to get out of the shit that I was think I was in and doing and thinking the way I was thinking but I always sure. had her to be like bro you can't lose that like you got a diamond so yes um, that helped quite a bit good and, on uh, you yeah good on you for that yeah. Oh, anyways, got into some sales stuff, got pretty good at it, got mm-hmm. really in- interested in product because I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm selling something. I think I could, if I built my own product and I could build something that I think is easier to sell because I'm a sales guy and I want, dude, I just yeah. want yeses. I want yeses all day long. Right. And I'm creative. So I thought of different ideas for product stuff and ended up going down the path of creating a, a business in 2006. I launched with a, a partner that was somewhat successful. And then just, you know, ever since that has been like chasing this dream of, owning a company that will be mega successful so I can prove myself and everybody wrong. <laughs> that was my why for a while. And then yep. as I matured and, you know, now my why is obviously the the stuff that, you know, I want a legacy. I want to, you know, I think I've proved some of the stuff that I wanted to prove that I could do and, and get past. And I've done that, but uh, now it's like your wife, your kids, your family yes, and building something special that like lasts and matters and has an impact on people's lives. So. Dude. Amen. That's great. Was that, um, I think I know. I know we talked about it naturally. Was that product that you had built with your partner? Was that like the like original kind of idea of Leapops at that point? The product was a it was a mortgage website product. Yeah. So we did that, and it was cool at the time. It was like really. I mean, we 06, we yeah. grew, and we did some cool stuff with that product. I right. uh, you know, at, at my role there was sales and product mm-hmm. development, and I'm okay. like my first time really working with developers to like build something from scratch. So I'm like, I could sell that, right? Make it do this, make it do that. These guys could code. There were kids like that built it at the time. Like the 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 stuff that happened there will never happen again. Like the way the product mm-hmm. was built, how quickly it was built, the talent yes. of these kids that locked themselves up for a summer and <laughs> built this thing. Right. And uh, we started selling it. And before you know it, it's it was selling like hotcakes. People were signing up. I was just picking up the phone, cold calling, and people were responding. And before you knew, we had like 400 clients paying like a hundred bucks a month. Dude. Like a year and a half, two years. I was able to recruit some of my original sales mentors from the first company I worked at who then came and worked for us and helped us get this thing off the ground. And it was like all this magic happened there. And it went, it, uh, it went sideways because there was some, some, some challenges around, uh, you know, I don't want to get into personal stuff with my, yeah. my ex partner, but it was, 
it was tough, man. There was 100%. not only did we not agree and uh, see eye to eye on stuff, there was just a, 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 a problem with how he was managing and, and mm. all the stuff that cost us a lot of, of human capital yeah. lawsuits stuff that was just if i if i put it in the book or in a movie and you saw the scene of what was going on you'd be like no it no it does that <laughs> oh come on that's a little over the top no one behaves that way <laughs> oh yeah it was happening there so uh try to get past it for a while but his uncle invested the original seed money to get the company off the ground so wow. it was like if he's not they're not going anywhere right and if yeah. i don't like where this is going and i've tried to make it work i uh, got the idea for originally lead pops there uh, in 2009, we had not been investing back into the product. The cool stuff we built in 2006 had stagnated. It was like, dude, uh, we're, I see. we're tech guys. We got to innovate, keep right. building cool stuff. Like, how are we? We can't be like resting where, you know, we built this amazing thing and now it's the same thing it was three years ago. This thing, mm -hmm. this has to continue to innovate. And right. he didn't want to put any money into the development of product that was like, dude, we're going to ride this thing till the wheels fall off. And mm. funny because a lot of the stuff I learned and how I do business and how I think about things these days, I, I do think like, what would my old partner do? I do the exact opposite. Dude. How would he think about this? I will go over here instead. And it, it was actually a training in my mind of exactly how not to treat people, how not to run a business. Yes. Like I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I, mean, in, I can't even tell you the amount of mistakes I made. <laughs> but it was certain things that I would just never, ever do. And I got to see a front row seat at what that looks like when you when you run the oh, operation like that. So. Right. Uh, I got the idea and it was, this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. I got the idea for lead pops and I thought I could bring that to our organization to say, Hey, like I've got this idea. I think we could do something really innovative. It wouldn't cost a lot to build it. Like we could really now freaking leap past everybody. If we added this to our offering, Yeah, so I had the idea with him and he laughed at it and told me it was a stupid idea. And the name was dumb because I, I had the name already. I'm like, dude, we'll call the product lead pops <laughs> it's whatever it's it's cute and i they, yeah. you know, i changed my company name right maybe they're right in some way it's like dude that's a dumb idea like get back to get back on the phones i was good on the phone so he's just like get back on the phones keep selling i don't know what you're even come on so i was like that's mm -hmm. mine not gonna let you have it I'm not gonna build it here i'm not gonna even say it one more freaking time i gave you a chance yeah i'm gonna go build that that's yep. gonna be my baby it's special nobody's mm -hmm. doing it I want to go create my own company, my own way. I don't want to just create a copycat of this company and go spin up a competitor because that was in my mind. I was like, oh, I'll just mm. do this on my own and I could do it better, but I'm just going to create like kind of a copycat because like this is how I would do it. It was my original product and I'll make it better because I'm a product guy. But this gave me something like super special. No one was doing it. This didn't exist. I'm like, now I'm going to like excitedly jump into this next opportunity, leave this behind, resign, right. leave, leave my ownership on the table. Uh, leave vesting that I had in store for if I had stayed longer, that would have hit. And I said, I'm going to just walk away from it and I'm going to go build this thing on my own. And geez, how old are you? Like when that was going down? Uh, it was 2011. So 26. That's what I am right now. I'm 26 right now. Yeah. Somewhere was there like hesitation? You were like, I've put a lot into this. I have this maybe it was, financial it was incentive. One of the on hardest the decisions okay. I've ever had to make is my it was my baby, that other company, man. Right. I put my entire heart and soul into that thing. And I thought yeah. it was I thought that was it. I thought that was the one. It was I'm never gonna leave this. I'm gonna make it amazing. And, and when it became crystal clear that this thing isn't going anywhere, you have a you have a block that you cannot move. There's a mountain in the way, and mm -hmm. you you've tried for years now to fix it, address it, work around it. It was it's it was an impenetrable force that yeah. uh, 
you know, my, my partner was, he was just, you couldn't get out around it. So, you know, I don't know what he's up to. I, I wish him the best, but it was just, I had to go and I had to go build my own thing and it was scary, yeah. but it was also exciting. And yeah, uh, for after sure. I left, it didn't take very long before I was like, best decision I ever made. <laughs> Thank Absolutely. God. Like, why did you wait so long? <laughs> Son of a gun. But, uh, but not to say like, I didn't have dude, endless problems trying to get this thing off the ground. It just didn't, yeah. it, it was years of ridiculousness to try to get the new thing off the ground a lot of fun but man i would not want to go back to those early days again like it would sure it's almost like i think about like 2011 12 14 i'm like oh my gosh never again please i don't want to do that like the struggles i'm having now they're not fun either sometimes but I like them more than the struggles of back then. <laughs> right, so. For sure. Well, that was one of the things that you and I obviously connected on. I mean, I've talked about like the partnership that went sideways on me as well. And we don't have to go super deep into that as well. But that was something that we talked about. And there was something that you just said too, like you're thinking about like, what would my partner do? All right, I'm doing the opposite of that. Charlie Munger talks about like a similar sort of thing, Warren Buffett's business partner being like, okay, if I if I don't want to have a successful relationship, what are all the things that I should do to, in order to not have a, a successful relationship? Great. I'm going to do the opposite of those things. So it's yeah. just like the reverse of thinking about that. I think that's so cool. Um, yeah. Sometimes you get a front row seat at an amazing person or a way of thing and you learn from that. And sometimes it's the opposite and you're like, yeah. this sucks, but I'm going to take it all in because I'm watching a train wreck and it's right. like, oh, okay, that's how... <laughs> Oh yeah, that's how you respond to that. Okay, then I'll I'll think about it differently. Like right. your brain goes there. Wow, that's weird. Okay, uh, and it's already a, like an instinctual thing for me. It's not like yeah. I have to. I already don't think that way naturally about so yes. much stuff. But it was like on top of that, I've seen what thinking. It's not even just like my gut tells me. I've seen firsthand what thinking that way, being that way, acting that way, treating people that way, yeah, running right. a company that way, making decisions that way. I've seen it all, so I don't want to go that's in. Great. And I'll never drop the name because it's just not worth it. And I don't want to hurt anybody, but it was yep. just, it was a great experience. It's like, 100%. I could write, I could write a book about that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there was, um, so there's like a couple takeaways just from this. And, and even when we talked the first time, but like your, your competitiveness, your, like you act with no fear, which I've always loved about you. And like your, I mean, you just have like the natural sales ability and then, and then your fascination with like technology and product it's just what makes you such a dynamic force. And it's just something that I really, really admire about you. Well, thanks, man. I, pre- I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, um, absolutely. But if you, if you, you know, you're genuinely excited about it, it's like, you can't keep it in. People yeah, 100%. Tell. It's like, I don't know. I'm like, you know, it's that whole like sales is uh, conveying and like transferring your enthusiasm to other people. I just have, yeah. like, I do that and I don't try to. It's just like, right. you start talking about something you believe in and are passionate about and it yep. just happens naturally, right? You don't yeah. have to like, oh, let me turn that, me turn that switch on so I can put that persona and that hat on and be that guy. It's just, right. Hey, this is it's not like that. It's not like that about everything. There's tons no, of, of course. stuff. I'm like flatline and you'll be right. like, Oh, his eyes are rolling into the back of his head. I think we lost him. <laughs> He's on the floor. <laughs> tons of stuff like that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you hit the right points and it's like, right. pull my string. And if you don't, yes. I'll, I'll pull it myself. Yeah. Right. But it's just, you're hundred percent. It's like that natural transfer of energy. And I think it's important. Like if you, anybody listening, like if you find that thing that lights you up and you're like, I don't know what else I would want to be doing with my time. Like I want to spend my time on this. There's nothing else that like, this doesn't feel like a work to me. Like this is yeah, me that's... natural. This is it. Like this is life. I want to be doing these things. Yeah. That's when you found something special, right? That's pretty 100%. sweet. And then a lot of people don't get that. So it's, uh, you know, you got to appreciate every minute of that because, you know, you don't know how long anything lasts. So it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, hundred percent. So, I mean, we don't have to go super deep into like the journey of lead pops up into this point, but I am super curious. There's like two real big areas that I wanted to to talk to you about. One of them being like, just like, you know, industry kind of specific, uh, specific for like the mortgage industry right now. Like obviously a lot of people have had sort of, you know, a tough time recently with like their marketing and just business in general. So like, what are the things that you guys are kind of looking at from like a marketing kind of perspective that like you guys are pivoting with? Are you guys using like AI in your business nowadays? Like, what does that sort of look like? You know, just thinking about marketing and how landscape is changing. How are you guys pivoting just like in the business in general? Yeah. So great question. So it's, you know, what we're doing internally for ourselves as a company to, to, you know, get better at what we do as an op from an operational standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, messaging, like product, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's one conversation. And then there's, well, what about your customers and, and how, what are you doing for them? Right? right. So for that, you know, and I'll focus there because that is our, always our priority. It's like, you're the cobbler who's like, you don't even have shoes on sometimes. It's like, <laughs> you know, so much, you don't have, you don't have all the, all the resources and the money in the world. So you have to spend your time and focus on certain things. And a lot of times, you know, that focus is on trying to create better experiences and better solutions for our customers. Meaning we kind of, sometimes you neglect your own stuff and yeah, right. you know, it isn't exactly, there's so many things I'd be like, yeah, that would be different. This would be here. That would be there. I'd have this resource. Like I, I can't because I'm over here and all the money and time and effort and people are putting all of our attention into how do we solve the challenges that our clients need us to solve. Because if we can do that, then all this other stuff is going to happen because the right. money's there, the client success is there, the retention, yes. all the cool stuff that you get to experience when you when you solve the core problems you're trying to solve, it'll just happen naturally. Right. Right. So, right. so our focus is on customers. And you know, there's there's just a a, a really I think there's a big gap in the mortgage industry and there has been for a long time. And then people are feeling it now more than ever in terms of how to create and treat existing opportunities and, and mm. how to how to look at the business in a way that's like if you're planning on doing this for longer than six months, then mm. you got to operate in a completely different way. And there's yes. so many, so many mortgage people out there. And this isn't a condemnation. It's not a critique. It's not just calling them out and be like, oh, these, I, I care about y'all and I want to help you, but we got to speak very bluntly because we mm. can't solve stuff if we're going to just dance around it and pretend it's all, it's, that's not nice to say. <laughs> We got to address it because if nobody does, no, there's no way to solve it, right? Yes, but it's, totally. it's having a long-term vision, long-term right. thinking, treating yes. the business as if you're the entrepreneur and CEO mm. of your own operation. Yes. Nobody's going to come to save you. It ain't corporate. It ain't your your boss. Nobody, you know, you got to run your own operation and your own show as if it's like your livelihood and your family and your ability to to, to stay alive in this space is, is on the line because yes. it absolutely is mm -hmm. now more than ever. Right. When refinance falls out of the sky the way it has been for the last couple of years, makes everybody look like real smart in the stud. Now <laughs> it's now now it's like okay, it's gone out. Yeah. Now we got to look at who's left and what are you doing and how are you right. going to survive and what are you going to thrive, right? Let alone like take this thing to the next level when people are struggling, they're going out of business, they're folding, you know, folding and, and packing up their bags and closing the doors, they're giving up, they're just waiting for things to improve, like there's no plan. There's mm -hmm. no long-term thinking. There's no, like, if a lead comes in now that I can't help today, what are you going to do to, to, to have something in place to help that person later when the time is, when the time is right? Right. How do you treat the opportunities that do come in? How many calls? What's your outreach? What do you do with your database? How are you found? If I look you up, are you, are you, can, can I even find you online? Like yeah, what right. value are you creating for referral partners? How many referral partners do you have? What, what are you doing in terms of growing that? Uh, that opportunity because there's a couple different ways to get clients, right? B2B referral mm -hmm. partners, 
are big for mortgage people, as well as direct to consumer, getting your own lead. So you're not relying on, on agents. It's just having a really understanding of this full kind of system that we've called it AC3K. Like we have, we've coined it. We look at it, a flywheel. It's a, it's a infinite customer loop. AC3K stands for attract, capture, convert. You have to do that. You have to be able to attract, capture, and convert. And then you can close mm. and then you can keep. Mm. So if you track, capture, convert, you get to close people, you get to have conversations, you get to do business, and then you have the right systems in place. Then you get to maximize your lifetime value. You get to do repeat business. You get to get yes. referrals and all these wonderful things that happen. So right. the thing comes full circle, right? So it's an infinite customer loop and it's solving every single one of those pillars. And we really focus on the first three primarily because I can't close yeah. your loans for you, but I can, right. <laughs> can help. I can help with some guidance some coaching and some access and systems and trusted partners that do assist with helping you have a higher close rate because that's right. important, right? Right. You give one guy 50 leads and he's like, I close none of them. <laughs> the lead sucker, you just not, you're not good on the phone. <laughs> right. You don't listen. Like I listened to right. some of your phone calls. The guy said this, you were just totally ignoring him and you jumped over here to some, that like that matters, right? So if you can't close the leads, sometimes it's, are the leads any good? Mm. Or is it the person that's receiving those leads and they, they're not trained. They're not right. honed. They don't know how to treat those opportunities. They don't know how to talk to people. They're good at maybe a referral from a realtor and that's a layup, but they're mm. really bad when a lead or an opportunity yeah, comes right. in off the internet, off an Direct ad. To consumer, or totally. All that stuff. So it's right. like understanding where do they come from? How do you treat them? What are the mechanisms? How do you follow up? How do you get in front of the people? Because if you get in front of them, that's important, but you got to have a way to capture them. Yes. So if you're driving traffic and getting clicks and getting eyeballs, people watching your videos, all this good stuff you're doing to attract people, you have to have a mechanism to capture. And if right. you don't, then you're spending and wasting a lot of money on attraction and opportunities that just fall through the cracks. Right. Then if you capture, but you don't convert, you got another problem. What's the point of all that? You just attracted and captured, but you, you're not talking to anybody. You're not pulling credit. You're not doing apps. You're not building relationships because you're floundering on the lead follow-up. You, right. you haven't even talked to, you know, 55 leads came in and you talked to two people because it takes you three hours to return a phone call and you don't have any systems and mechanisms in place to help work that lead and really follow up the way you should be. Right. These are all things like you can't get to the close, close land if you have if you <laughs> load on any one of those first three buckets, right? Yeah, close right. land is where the fun happens. You don't get there if you right. don't do the first three. Right. right? And then if you close, then you get to keep. That's your opportunity mm. there. But you don't get to either one of these if you don't do those first three. Yes. We have to solve the entire flywheel. And right. the, the, the one that is, I guess you could say, I don't really need that. It's the keep one, but it's so stupid mm. to not, not put any effort. And I'm sorry to say it like that, but it is. It's dumb to start all over again every single time. Yeah, of course. Instead of making it infinite loop, we have a line. And right. then we have to be, we got to start all over again. It's like, okay, no. if we put some effort and resources into the right <clears throat> systems and strategies to keep customers, yes. now we have a flywheel that just keeps out, keeps spitting out clients. That's great. And opportunities that you create now, I have a client, for example, that he's a perfect, he's like the poster child of some of the stuff we do and teach and preach. He started this whole journey like 12 months ago. He's gotten what, I think it was 6,000 leads, 3,000 apps, 120 something closed loans. Whoa. He's like, he's like, dude, the leads I'm closing today, right now, these are leads I captured around this time last year. Yes. Like relationships I started building, stuff yeah. I was working on, but I had systems, I had strategies, I had right. ways to keep in front of people. I didn't just say, hey, no, your credit sucks. So be gone. See ya. Right. I have ways to actually work those people and bring them back and alert me when things happen that tell me that, hey, that person's actually ready. Mm -hmm. So I work those leads. So deals and 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 seeds I planted 12 months ago, 
the fruits of those are sprouting and I'm killing yes. it at a time where people are wondering where the hell their next deal is going to come from. 100%. I can't, he can't keep up. Right. So that's, <laughs> that's a that's nice problem. Possible. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. It takes, you know, getting over that. Well, if it doesn't close in the first, you know, two, three months, then I, I don't want to deal with it. It's just yeah, a waste right. of my time. Right. Yeah. Maybe you could do that two years ago. You can't do that right now. And you should never, ever think about it that way. Cause no, you're going to always be in this little cycle of the business and at the mercy of whatever the hell is happening in the economy or in the industry or all these things. It's like, you could control your own destiny. There's a lot of things you can't control, but there's so many that you can. And yes, you really good at that stuff. Dude. I love that. Well, like the, the two main themes there is like one, the things that we're doing now, like we'll compound on, on, on top of itself and we'll continue to like the energy and the skills that I'm doing now. Again, like you said, having that long-term time horizon, and instead of like wanting to restart and start again every single month and like having just a blank slate, like if I'm building a, a pipeline and then that's compounding on top of itself, then like I know and I'm nurturing that database, I know where that deal is going to come from. And the other thing being your, your knack for like solving the main problem and getting to the core of something and focusing on what that problem is. Like, again, I think that's just taking the blinders off and like not being afraid to like be honest about what truly is happening. And that's one of the other questions that I want to ask you. And I think you touched on a little bit, but like. I've I've just been so curious, like how you like, cause we talked about like, just like what you guys are solving, like lead pops, but like, and rebel IQ, but like you as Andrew, like, how are you keeping your like finger on the pulse of thinking strategically high level of like how to push lead pops, you know, and rebel IQ to like where you want ultimately the business to be, but also staying like within what my, what problems my clients are having right now to be able to like solve for them. So like, strategically thinking for like, this is the direction that I want lead pops to go or ever like you to go, but like also still staying like in the weeds of like, okay, these are the problems that are happening in the short term right now. And this is what needs to happen with the product to be able to solve for our clients. Like, how does that, how does that work for you? Uh, that's, that's an interesting question. So, you know, I, I don't remove myself from being in the, I'm, I'm an in the weeds CEO. Okay. I say that I don't brag about that. I, I would really like to elevate some of the stuff I do still yeah. on a day-to-day basis. Like, right. and I won't achieve growth as a, as a leader and as the CEO until I can break out of some of the things I'm still finding myself doing. Cause it's sure. just, I don't know how I can get some of it off of my plate. I do try to delegate and get stuff as much as I can, you know, off of, off of, um, out of my schedule and try to like clear things up so I can do big picture thinking, visionary yes. culture, right. to, you know, be the ultimate storyteller and cheerleader of the business and all right. these things. But I'm, still on the phone with clients and I talk to people and I talk to loan officers and I talk to our partners and I hear what their pains are. And I pay a hell of a lot of attention to what people are saying. And I, you know, I've taken a step back with the evolution of rebel IQ. And that was why that happened was like, it's, but we've been throwing different ways of kind of patching the the hole for a little bit and trying to solve the problem in different ways. Like, Oh, they got, they need help with like, uh, you know, traffic. All right. So we're going to throw this at it. And then it's like, Oh man, we got traffic and leads, but they, they suck at the follow-up. Oh man. So, okay, let's, let's make sure they have a CRM. And it just took taking a step back from that and saying, okay, big picture, what is going on? Because we've right. got like, we're trying to patch these holes and it's like whack-a-mole. And if you don't solve hmm. all of them and you just address one or you kind of address partly, but not really a full solution, you're just, you're, you're not truly bringing a solution to the table. So it yes. took that take a step back. Let's really look at what's going on, what's needed, what what's the future of the business, 
um, and uh, creating solutions based off of that. So, all right, you know, I, I, that's really, I'd say the, the biggest value that I get out of being in the weeds is it means I'm not in some office in my tower locked up with some, you know, delusional idea of what I think the industry needs from my yeah, standpoint. Right, I can't solve right. it all, but I think I, I get a lot of it pretty damn well. Oh, that's great. I really like that. I know you're on a time crunch, so we can wrap things up there. I'll, I'd love to have you back on and go super more, you know, go deeper into team structure and what it's been like to just like, you know, hire on more people and delegate and just like your, your own, you know, sort of um, process of, of dealing with that. But anybody that like wants to learn more from you or wants to engage and, you know, be part of, you know, working with you guys, where should they go? Yeah, absolutely. Go to rebeliq.com. Uh, right on that site. If you want to talk to our team, uh, there's a lot of different ways to get in touch with us. So we practice what we preach. You can't escape it. it. We don't know. <laughs> I don't think we overdo it, but we, we don't make it difficult to, to find ways that you can engage with us, talk to us, do a strategy call, talk to our team and see if it's a fit. I don't, not everybody's a good fit, but we'll try to figure that out pretty quickly. And if we're not, we'll tell you, you know, explain why and show you some different ways that maybe there's some alternatives. If you are, we'll definitely be really passionate and excited to, to bring you on and, and have you work with us. And then I, I post most of my content on LinkedIn. So if you're cool. interested, find me on LinkedIn, look up Rebel IQ, and you'll probably just find that I post almost daily. So I try to put some good stuff out there and try to help people as much as possible there as well. Dude, I love it. And I'll be sure to link all that stuff down in this description, obviously. Everyone that's listening, watching, make sure you leave us a like, give us a, give us a review, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. And again, Andrew, really, really appreciate your time. This was super valuable. Thank you so much. To all my builders out there, I salute you and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks,